Welcome to Manager Tools. How to respond to how do I get promoted? Part three, here we go. This cast answers these questions. What do I tell my directs when they want to get promoted? What are the key criteria in helping a direct get promoted? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Hello to all of our European friends. We will be in your neighborhood soon. August 6th and 7th, that is, we will be holding our Effective Manager and Effective Communicator conferences in Frankfurt since it's a major air, rail, and road transportation hub. But we do hope to see all of you there. Register today at manager-tools.com forward slash training. Auf Wiedersehen. In part three of the show, we've talked about the question, how do I get promoted? And the fact that it's a fair and even actually a good question to get from your direct. And we talked about how to respond, like, I'm glad you asked. And everybody who's been listening to us knows for sure by now, right, that management is about results and relationships. And so we talked about, as part of your answer to this question that you'll most likely get in your career, start talking about significant results and the need for those. And the next part is building great relationships. Yeah, and actually, I think, Mike, when you go back to the results thing, just real quick, a lot of young people who ask this question, and it's in the popular press and domain and so on, because there's this whole thread, which is misleading, that, oh, these young people are, you know, he's only been here eight months, and he's asking for a promotion. First of all, that's a, a slur on young people, which is just false. If you're 45, and you've been in your professional life for 20, 25 years, I submit to you, you have forgotten what you learned and when you learned it, and knowledge that you have had for a long time gets mixed with other knowledge, and it's not a bunch of discrete items that are unconnected. Uh, Part of the beauty of the human mind is you learn one thing, and then you learn something else, and then later you learn a third thing, which is nothing more than the marrying of those two things changing the character of both of those things. And what happens is people forget that when they're 45, they wondered how they could get promoted. Now, maybe they didn't have the temerity to ask. I would argue that they did, and they've just forgotten that. I did. Yeah. (laughs) And I got the same response that people are getting today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That, That regardless, they're asking. Now, what happens is a young person today says, you know, I, like to know, you know, how do I get promoted? And it often happens, you know, during a performance review where mistakenly a lot of people believe that that's when promotions are offered and so on, because that would be their report card. And the result of a report card for a lot of people is a reward when they do well. Not if you were in my family. When one of us complained to my mother that, hey, other kids, when they get straight A's, they get money. My mother said to all of us, well, then their parents are idiots because the reward is the A. Uh, We don't give rewards for getting rewards. But people ask during the performance review thinking this is the time, right? And they don't understand that the performance review is not the time necessarily to talk about, okay, why am I not getting promoted? I think it's an embarrassing thing to ask the way the popular press, the way the internet presents it, but it's a completely legitimate concern on the part of your direct. And it points out something else that really 
organizations, if you really want to help your people get promoted, why wouldn't you tell them what the path is? Uh, now, a lot of managers say, wait, 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 I don't know what the path is. Okay, fine. But my point is when people ask, it should be a sign that there's lack of clarity and there may be people who are working on the wrong things and frittering away their energy on things that are not helpful because it's not clear to them what the key results are. It's not clear to them where they can get the most bang for their buck in their career. And yes, you can certainly paint them with a brush that says they're selfish. I get that. And at the same time, suppose you had a team of people who never asked you whether or not they were going to get promoted, but they performed as if it was an incredibly competitive environment and they all outperformed everybody else to the point where you had an embarrassment of riches. I would argue that we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If people ask, how do I get promoted? It's actually a good thing, as we mentioned earlier. And really, it starts at lack of clarity, lack of clear communication in advance. And this is going to be one of my favorite moments in this cast. Everyone's assuming that we're helping you answer the question that the direct asks you. But there's a part of this cast that's designed to tell you, if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll never be asked this question because they will have known it long before and there will be no question that it's results and relationships. And then, of course, you'll have to do more and say, and here are the specific results and relationships. And by the way, if we break our people down into three groups, exceptional performers that we think are likely at some point to want and in fact earn a promotion, and then a group in the middle, uh, which is almost the hardest, which may assume that they think they're going to get a promotion, but you don't think they will. And then the group at the bottom who it would be high temerity of them to ask, rather than worrying about that group in the middle saying, hey, how do I get promoted? Why not tell all of them up front, and this is going to sound terrible, but it's the phrase that came to my mind, make it erase the top rather than a defense of theirs from the bottom and say, hey, I'm going to make it clear how you can get ahead. Yes, I know. For many of you, you say, well, Mark, I can't do that because the process is veiled in secrecy because I, uh, you know, I don't know because I'm not told. Fine. Okay. But if you're going to have a problem with employee performance and everybody does, and if you're going to have a problem with this question and everybody does, why not make the problem a little bit different and that you have, again, an embarrassment of riches? And so why not tell the person at the bottom sometime early on in your relationship, hey, look, you're here. Forget about past stuff. I want to give you every opportunity to succeed. I want to tell you about what next steps might be in your career. Now, look, if somebody says, well, I'm, I'm good here, I, you know, that's not what I want, you can say two things. One, I want you to succeed at the highest possible level, and the organization does too, and I want to be clear about this so you don't have any doubts. I don't want you to think on a given day, you know, I'm kind of getting into this. I want an opportunity to grow my career here. And at that moment, realize you don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm going to be clear proactively in advance. I'm going to give you information that will never put you in a situation where you don't know what you need to do. Now, look, I want to do my part because I'm hoping you'll do your part. 
I can't make you want to get promoted. That's And it's fine if you don't. But heaven forbid that the reason somebody doesn't do what we, the organization would deem best is because they've decided they want to do better, and we haven't told them how. Geez, that's our responsibility. It's my responsibility as your manager. But there's another piece of this, too, that I'll just mention, and we have a podcast about it, which is for that group at the bottom that says, no, 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 you know, I, don't, I, don't, I have no desire to be an officer, <laughs> you know, as the non-commissioned officer said to Mike and I 35 years ago, we were in the Army. Oh, yeah, no, I would never want to be an officer. I'll always be an enlisted guy. I want to stay in my role. We have a podcast about that. And if you're thinking that this cast is it, it's not where your direct says, no, I want to stay where I am. I don't want to grow. Remember, nobody gets to stay where they are. If your organization is growing by 5% per year, I'm making up that number. And one of your people says, I want to stay where I am. I'm just, I'm good here. If they don't change their behaviors and if they don't uh, organically, incrementally improve their performance. Because the organization is growing and changing constantly, someone who thinks of themselves in stasis is actually falling behind. And so growth, improvement of performance year over year, is a requirement for job security. I don't mean to make that sound too harsh, but you can't just say, oh, I don't want to get promoted, I like my role. Okay, good, but you're not paid for your role. You're paid for your performance. And don't kid yourself, roles have salary bands simply because roles are easier to describe and categorize and characterize than everyone's individual performance here in the organization. And so therefore, yes, you think your pay is tied to your role, but actually really the boundaries of your pay are tied to your role. Your pay is actually in our world, more closely linked to your performance and your performance, if it stays flat, will decline over time. And that will put pressure on your pay, your economic well-being, and more importantly, your future at the firm. That was a very long rant. I apologize for that. So yeah, I just wanted to make that point that the whole issue of this very question is essentially a symptom of another problem that brings into play all kinds of other things about bosses and their relationships with people. And to be clear, guys, we're not saying that you've done wrong. Nobody's ever told you this. Like, hey, get promoted to management. Here's your team, a bunch of folders. You know, go talk to them. No training or anything else. But we can help you solve the problem when somebody asks tomorrow. This cast will do that for you. And there's more proactive steps, systemic steps in advance that will make you a truly great manager and having this conversation earlier is better. And I wouldn't hesitate to say if somebody came to me 18 months later and says, well, how do I get promoted? I said, well, I want to take you back to our conversation of 18 months ago where I said the first rule is results and we'll come back to that. And the second rule is relationships. Let me give you a sense of how you're doing results and relationships wise. Here are some metrics that you and I have been talking about for the last year in terms of quality and quantity and accuracy of your work, the timeliness of your work, the documentation around your work, your ability to achieve goals, so on. You do know how to get promoted. And so therefore, look, I love you, man, but maybe you've forgotten that conversation. And I can, I can forgive that, I guess, one time. But let's be clear, you do know what it's taken. And I think the subtext of your question is, 
I think I've earned it and the results and relationship side. And you're wondering why that validation, that reward isn't forthcoming. Let's be clear. I love you. And your performance is not warranting a promotion. And here's why. And I've been clear. Now, a lot of you are listening or saying, gosh, you know, I don't think I could have that conversation because I haven't been communicating assertively, proactively, let's say, regarding people's performance. I haven't been given feedback. I can't solve all your problems. Actually, we're going to try before we retire. All right. I still have results in my head, dude. I mean, I, I do. So you asked me about relationships, right? You're a business owner, so of course you'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? So look, I will say that if this, if we haven't done any of those other things, we do get into this conversation and you're having to communicate these things and you've already covered results. I think most people are aware that results are the coin of the realm when it comes to promotion. And I think many of these conversations occur again, because it wasn't clear in advance and because the manager hasn't made it more clear by giving lots of feedback about their level of performance. But the second part of this conversation, I suspect would surprise anywhere from 40 to 80 or more percent of the people who are hearing it, because it takes two things to have a great career. One is one are your results and two are the relationships you forge with others. And it's our job, whether managers all over the world have been doing it or not, to make clear that for someone who wants to get promoted, you have to maintain relationships as well. You have to create strong relationships and you cannot secure or attempt to secure great results at the expense of your relationships and therefore your reputation. And this would be a classic rookie mistake. If I worked for Mike and Mike was say 30 and I was 22 and I asked him, Hey boss, how did I get promoted? Or if I, maybe if I didn't, and I just went after it hard getting results, which to be clear, guys, I think both Mike and I, in our early careers, that's what we thought. Uh, we thought, look, I'm, I'm outperforming everybody else. You know, where's the beef? And in fact, I, Mike, I think one of your bosses said to you, you're the best team lead we ever had. And if you continue to behave the way you do, in Mike's case, it was because he was right. In my case, it was because I thought I was right and told people I thought I was right. I think what she said was, that's all you'll ever be, right? Yeah, knife to the heart. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so you can't get results at the expense of relationships or your reputation with others because we have to have an ongoing concern, not a bunch of shooting stars. Congratulations. Your organization has had several internal promotions. Well done sending a positive statement of forwarding all opportunity internal to your organization. Which begs the next question. Do you have the appropriate managerial training in place to let them know they're no longer just the best IT coder or lawyer? They're now managing a group of professionals within their discipline, likely their former peers. This scenario sounds familiar to you. Consider bringing the effective manager training on site, where we will work with up to 30 of your newly promoted managers to teach them the new behavior that's expected of them. Contact Maggie at maggie at manager-tools.com or visit our website for more information. So all that said, long soliloquy aside, uh, that's a pun, by the way, the soliloquy aside, 
here's how it might sound continuing the conversation we've already started. Hey, the second thing I want to talk about is relationships. And, you know, as Proverbs says, with all thy getting, get understanding. So this is an important point that a lot of people miss in these conversations. Results are the most important component of promotability, and that's why I covered it first. But you cannot do that at the expense of other people. It is not about you. It is not about what you can get. It is about what you enabled the organization to achieve. One of the greatest things about humankind is its ability to subordinate itself for something larger than the self. It's why organizations exist, and it's why sociologists have been saying for a long time now that the greatest achievement of mankind is large organizations. You have to create your significant results while also strengthening your connections with other people. You can't use people to get what you want, okay? If I sense that you're doing that because you heard me talk about results and they are more measurable and they're clearer and we talk about them more than we do about relationships, I'm probably going to sit you down and say, you're going down the wrong path. Uh, I'm happy to have the results, but it's not an either or. You have to temper. And I think most people who have gotten to the top of their organization will tell you in the beginning, it was all about results for them. And then they started learning about the value of relationships and they started tempering their drive for results in order to maintain relationships. And then they realized that the harder they worked on relationship, the more the results they got. And it's, it's sort of a three-stage process, effective, successful people go through in their careers. Not, not saying there aren't people who in their careers think it's all about people. That may be part of Horstman's laws. It's Horstman's second law, but don't ever expect me to tell you that I knew that when I was 23 or 24 or 25 years old. If you think you can take from a relationship without giving, you're right, you can. But the delta, what happens in that situation is a reduced relationship. And that's not sustainable in any organization. You can't, you know, this is the same. I've said it a thousand times, I'm sure, on air. Smile at people on your way up because you'll see them on the way back down. Those relationships with others are crucial to your ability to collaborate. There's a word that's really popular in the managerial and popular pro common press right now that nobody understands and nobody's willing to define and it makes everybody feel good. And it looks like you're in an ad for a business where everybody's leaning back in Eames chairs and, and uh, Aeron chairs and brainstorming about things with a fairly uncluttered and squeaky clean conference room. Uh, and we're, we're just collaborating. And collaborating is not that. And you have to be able to form coalition, coalitions as well and persuade other people. And, and if you want to persuade, trust is involved. And if trust is involved, communication is involved. And if communication is involved, a relationship has to occur. If, you know, some people give salespeople a hard time for working really hard on building relationships. And if you're an engineer, like Mike and I are, and you haven't learned from 40 years of a professional life about the value of relationships, you see any attempt by a salesperson to build a relationship as some form of ingratiation or smarminess or something. But in fact, salespeople know you're not going to buy something from me if you don't trust me. And so I'm going to work hard on our relationship and let there be a trickle down effect on their relationship. 
The reason why engineers disdain salespeople is because they don't understand the, if you'll pardon the expression, the economics of relationship building. And I say this as an engineer, guys, they're not willing to do it. But don't kid yourself, guys. If all the engineers in the world sat in their cubicles and did their work and the salespeople weren't out doing things that you would not do, there would be no work. So the ultimate bad example of this is the manager who burns everybody out and gets results, but also creates a retention nightmare. And I've said it before, one of the only places you'll find that that's mistakenly seen as sustainable is Wall Street. Because as long as you make us enough money, we can hire people to support you and go through them like a scythe through wheat. Um, Okay, continuing. And look, hey, relationships matter more than you realize. It's not just colleagues at your level. Those are most important. The people who are your peers have to like working with you or it's harder to get promoted. If I don't feel that from them day to day, week to week, It will be very hard for me to support you having role power over them or folks like them at any level. I'm going to go further. You also have to have, and in some cases that will mean you're going to have to create these from scratch, good relationships with my peers. They have to know you and trust you. Even folks at my boss's level have to feel good about your people skills. You don't want to have the, it's almost a Romeo and Juliet moment of you don't want to get close to being ready to get promoted, have them find out they don't know you at all, and then have to suddenly start interacting with them like a political campaign. It happens and maybe you can do it, but it's a pretty high risk situation for most people. Team members of projects you're on have to know you, trust you, and even like you. They have to be able to say, if someone asks them about you, oh yeah, she's quite good, smart, nice, hardworking, good team player. Without these kinds of strong relationships, those who make the decisions, which includes me, at least in small part, won't assume that you can communicate and persuade and inspire teams or work well across the organization. And dude, working well across the organization becomes more important the higher you go, which Makes sense when you start thinking about it. And all these relationships I'm talking about above your level are crucial for another reason. You may think I have some significant amount of control or even absolute control over your promotion. It doesn't pain me to say it because I've been around the block. I don't. I have to compete for limited budget, limited positions at various levels, and other constraints the organization or company puts on promotions. That means I have to compete with my peers who want to promote their folks for obviously similar reasons. If you want to get promoted, make it obvious you deserve it. Beyond me, take the tough projects. Take the projects that require you to build relationships across the organization, and therefore others will have visibility to your strengths across the organization. I'm not the sole decision maker here. In fact, I'm a minority interest. Help me now for when you and I are in agreement that you're ready. The more important part of that agreement is me, of course, so that 
we have a makeable case to my boss and to my peers and maybe to my boss's peers uh, because they know you and are aware of how well you've done. Okay, now look, at this point, you have to be thinking, <laughs> how am I going to do this, right? How does someone create and go relationships, right? How do, how do I do that? What if I'm not naturally a people person? That happens to about half the people in the world, by the way. And it's actually pretty easy. Communicate more about what other people care about in ways that make sense to them. That includes me and anybody else. And as an aside here, folks, if you haven't heard that before in those particular words, that's basically what we teach in terms of effective communication. What this means, getting back to my, my soliloquy here, that means paying attention to other people and how they communicate. For instance, do they really prefer email or is that just easier for you? What do they care about? What do they care about that's not in alignment with what you care about? When was the last time you did somebody a favor? Not because you were going to file it away to use against them or to get something from them, but because you know favors are the coin of the realm. What's their spouse's name? What are their kids' names? You want favors from people. You want people to support you when there are limited resources, limited rewards to be passed out. You better start taking care of others because otherwise they won't take care of you. Yes, you have to give before you get. And if that bothers you, life is going to be a struggle, my friend. Getting promoted is not all about you. Your promotion that happens to you will be in part based on what happens to others because of you. And look, don't make the mistake of thinking that all this stuff is just politics. It's not. Whatever one calls politics are just the normal and reasonable relationship effects that happen in human organizations. When you look up at the top of this organization and you see people at the top compromising what you call politics, they call collaboration and relationship effects. What I'm talking about here is not playing politics. It's creating relationships. It's treating other people well and having them want to work with you. Not just because you're smarter. Not just because a rising tide lifts all boat and you are the tide. Rather, because they know that you are an example of the kind of organization they want to be a part of. Now, look, and I've said this before, if you want to be in a place where there are no politics, start your own firm and keep it a firm of one or die. Once we accept that politics exist, even if you disagree with them somehow morally, which is a stupid conclusion and full disclosure, that's the conclusion I made when Mike and I served together in the army, regrettably, once we accept that these kind of relationship effects exist and, and we don't belittle these relationship effects with cynicism, you really have a chance to build some lasting relationships. Look, one final thought about relationships. A promotion means you'll have responsibility for other people here, usually managing them. The most powerful thing managers can do to deliver results and retention, which is what managers are responsible for to the organization, is to get to know each member of their team. 
How can we be sure you can build relationships with a team of directs if you haven't shown us you can already do it? As I listen to that, I, I think back to you talked about earlier, my conversation as a uh, young team leader and Luis Charles, my manager, and had the conversation with me about, hey, like start figuring out relationships or team leaders, all you will ever be. I was lucky that Luis had that conversation with me. I was incredibly lucky. If somebody had this speech, speech is wrong. I probably don't mean speech, but had this conversation with one of their directs, your direct is going to be thinking of you just like I think about Louise Charles. She changed my life. That's not a bad place to be as a manager <laughs> to say you changed somebody's life. You know, I get I could get all weepy about how I think about management and the good great managers can do in the world, but this is your opportunity to set somebody straight early on in their career about how to succeed and what you have to do. You know, our listeners skew still probably technical, right? This for technical managers who don't necessarily think about relationships, this could be one of the most important conversations you ever have with one of your directs. That's it, everyone, for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. 